Welcome back to Geek Life, episode 38. I'm your host, JP. With me, as always, are my fearless co-hosts, The Brian. Straight cash, homie. And Joe. Or credit. <laughs> Visiting with us today, we have Neuro. Hello. And Pinku. <laughs> so, uh, today we're going to talk about... <laughs> I think he's a fascist. <laughs> oh God! Please don't do a whole podcast in Japanese. That's not going to work. Yeah. All right. Let's, really let's do French instead. It's, it's, it's oh, hard dear. to do don't subtitles do on an French. audio medium. Bonjour. Je m'appelle La Duchesse. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Je voudrais manger un sandwich. Très simple. Sandwich, what? Très. Très sandwich. Sandwich. Ah, sandwich, very sandwich. <laughs> I, I, you know, I took like two years of French, and all I remember is uh, croque madame because that's the good stuff. <laughs> okay, moving on to the podcast subject today, we're going to be talking about comics. But first up, a little housekeeping. First up in housekeeping, if you missed it, comics are back online on pandamega.com. We took a little hiatus during March for our comic contributors. Give them a little break, get them refreshed and ready to rock and roll and continue to put out good content for y'all to enjoy. And we're back in action, releasing comics again, starting on the 1st of April, which is last Monday. So Mm -hmm. anyway, so uh, make sure to go check out the website and check out the new uh, page of Monk. Next week, we'll have a new page of Dinner and Dragons. Hooray! And and, uh, yeah, so very exciting. And then secondly, we have... Brian's epic contest. Now, this has a little bit of a backstory. <laughs> a while back, there was the gauntlet was thrown down between Dinner and Dragons and Artistic Monk, two of the comics on Pandamanga.com, and their Facebook pages and relationship to how many likes they have. Yeah. Now, things got a little heated. Things got heated. Things got <laughs> heated. Artistic Monk, which is by myself, Admin, and Henry, we all work on that one together. And we had a little bit less likes than Dinner and Dragons, which is myself and Joe. And uh, sure enough, Joe decided to antagonize Admin. <laughs> Never a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then somebody That's said, oh, let's, let's not fun. make this a, a contest. And then we were like, let's make it a contest. <laughs> so in classic Brian fashion, he came at us with this epic half-hour-long description of a contest. <laughs> we actually recorded it all on a previous podcast and then had to take it out because it was yes. too freaking long yes, and complicated. It can be its own You would have episode. needed to take notes to understand what the hell is happening. Yeah, it wasn't just a contest. It was a surprise contest, It too. was a surprise. Yeah, he wouldn't tell yeah. us what it was. Oh, man. It was, was like fine points. It, yes. was, it was all the little details and then yeah. like tangents and stuff. We'll, have to upload it. We'll, we'll make an article about it and I'll upload that. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. If there was a test at the end, we'd have been fucked. Yeah, <laughs> Damn straight. Seriously, Take so notes, much people. information. Well, so we, we've compressed it. We've uh, got it a little bit more straightforward now. Essentially, Brian wants to challenge Artistic Monk and Dinner and Dragons to, or wants to challenge the listeners to a like contest. <laughs> and so what we're, we're trying to do is trying to generate some more likes for the Facebook pages of Dinner and Dragons and Artistic Monk. And Brian has said that if neither comic gets to 50 likes, then both writers get a golf clap and a thumbs up off mic. Yes. <laughs> Very nice of you. Very yeah. nice of you. Let's see. If one of the comics can get at least 50 then they'll get a framed autographed picture of the Brian with a phrase that won't be written on any other picture. Limit should, one per household. We should probably explain the framed autographed so, picture so, thing. So for Christmas, Brian, this is a tradition, 
For Christmas, Brian makes super cheesy autographed photos of himself and then hands them out to people. The classic line is him with a double thumbs up, grinning with just a shit-eating grin, and it says, to, and then whoever it is for, glad you got to meet me. Thanks, Thanks for, for being, being a fan, me. Brian. <laughs> so so he's been doing this for a while, before we were doing the podcast or even working on the website. This is for years now. And he kind of fell off from doing it for a while. And then we got back into doing it this Christmas. And I helped him do it. And we have like an Obama one, you know, with a hope. And it says ego on the bottom. We have mm. a Warhol one with the four different pictures the and Warhol different colors. Pretty it's pretty awesome. So we have some really fun ones. We'll put pictures up on we'll put, the Oh, we get to put pictures, finally. I've been wanting to put these pictures up for a while. <laughs> no, that's only if uh, we somebody gets over fifty, right? No, we'll put the pictures up so they know what they look like yeah, yeah, in the yeah. podcast yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so good. Anyway, so if one of the comics gets over fifty, then Brian will give them a autographed picture and uh, get one free cupcake. <laughs> yes, they get a free cupcake, and the writer gets to decide whether or not he wants to have me purchase a cupcake as well for. The artist. Which is me in both cases. So I'm hoping that they're generous and say yes for the cupcake, because that sounds good. If both of the comics get over 50, whichever one is out in front will get to choose from a handful of different gift certificates and prizes, which we will announce if we get that far. Now, if both of them get over 50, then we have a couple exciting things for our listeners. So if we can get both Artistic Mug and Dinner and Dragons Facebook pages to have 50 or more likes, uh, regardless of whoever wins then we will have an opportunity for fans of Artistic Monk and Dinner and Dragons to post on Facebook. And we'll get that all figured out and explained uh, once we hit that threshold. But we'll have an opportunity for you guys to go ahead and, and post on Facebook, uh, on, the, on the Facebook page for the, the respective comic, and uh, basically enter for an opportunity to get some of the remaining prizes. Because Brian's already bought a bunch of them, so they can choose from them. I've had a couple, and I will be purchasing the other ones regardless. Exactly. So so uh, whatever it is that the winner decides to take, everything else, we're going to donate to our loving fans and listeners. That's right. You'll be supporting a good cause, your own fund for fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so that uh, sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good to me. So, I could win stuff. Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes. So we're complete about that. And, of course, there's there's more to talk about that. We'll, we'll put up an article about this as well as more information as we develop into hopefully having more than 50 for each. So the cutoff dates for the Facebook like campaign, a la Brian, is April 17th. So by April 17th, if we don't have 50 for each, then y'all get nothing. So get on that and get clicking and get liking. Now, if the admin is smart, she'll set it in her class that you don't like Artistic Monk, you automatically fail. Yeah, she teaches at the Art Institute over in Sacramento, California, and we continually tell her that she needs to make it homework (laughs) so that all of her students have to like our comics. (laughs) She hasn't done it yet. I guess that she decided that that's immoral or something. I don't know. Okay, fine. It should be extra credit at least. I mean, No, no, it's just that, you know, if... You do it, well, then it doesn't affect your grade overall. You don't, you automatically fail the class. <laughs> that's what it should be. That's what it should be. Anyway. All right. I think that's it for housekeeping. That's yeah? it for housekeeping. All yes. right. All right. Let's move on to our indie spotlight. Our indie spotlight of the week focuses in on six color stories by Lynn. Now, 
You're thinking, what's her last name? We don't know. <laughs> she doesn't put it on her website, yeah, doesn't put it on her Twitter website, or anything like that. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, but anyway, so Lynn of undetermined last name <laughs> has this hilarious little comic series she's been doing for quite some time now. Comes out every Wednesday and Friday called Six Color Stories. You can find Six Color Stories at sixcolorstories.thecomicseries.com. And this is what she has to say about her comic. Six Color Stories is a semi-autobiographical comic mixed with occasional silly stories. The comic is done mainly in watercolors and markers. The comic tries to update on Wednesdays and Fridays during the day. Lynn is a housewife and a stay-at-home mom. She enjoys drawing and coffee, both of which come up regularly, especially the coffee. <laughs> now, what's interesting about this one is that uh, it's, it stands out in comparison to a lot of the indie spotlight comics we've been talking about recently in that its art style is considerably simpler. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's obvious. She knows she's not trying to be a pro, and we know it, and nobody cares, and it's yeah. great. Exactly. Because well, the content is just so great. Right, yeah. right. We've, we've, we said a couple times ago, or at least I think I think I said a little while back that whenever you see a comic and the art isn't like jump out at you really really polished, then you're thinking to yourself, well, it's got to be really funny or it's got to be really well written, and that's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. You know, the com- and not to say that I don't enjoy the art because I do. It's adorable. It's, it's really very it's adorable. just as charming as the content. Very charming. Mm-hmm. Yes, charming is the best word for it. Very very charming. Her character is hilarious. It's got her little glasses on her head that are always shifted off to the side. It's just very funny. Incredibly emotive with just little dot eyes and a little line mouth. It's just great. And it's in, it really is a, developed into a really sharp, clean style with very expressive little characters. They remind me almost a little bit of kind of the XKCD's guys, except considerably more complicated. It's that, you know, kind of little round circle head, yeah. little tiny square body, stick arms, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Well, not stick arms, but, you know, little little arms and little little circle hands and stuff. Yeah. It's adorable. You could see it among, like, say, other comics on a Sunday strip or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. Oh, easily. Definitely. And it's so palatable, too. Like, it's just... So simple and easy to to digest in terms of what, looking at something simple. It's, it's really nice, and it's interesting because it's not as like decided. I mean, it is. I mean, it has its geeky moments, but it's not as like decidedly pop culture geeky. Mm-hmm. It's so much more just genuine observations about going through life, like dealing with your kids, having kids whining when they're up late at night, just common everyday stuff. Yeah, yeah. it really reminded me of uh, Harvey Picard's American Splendor mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, really slice of life and... Except a little bit less depressing. Yeah. Oh, way less depressing. Well, certainly not angry looking or anything like that yeah. in terms of the art style. Mm-hmm. But no, it, it's very authentic. It, it's obvious that all of this is happening to her all the time. Except for the, <laughs> the, ninjas. Uh, the ninjas and the little toy zombies oh, taking over. The toy zombies are always taking over. And the ninjas are always... Like, she continually blames ninjas for things that happen. You know, like, she's talking about... One of the comics is, you know, she finishes the comic. She gets up to go get a drink. Comes back. And the uh, white ink, white out ink, is spilled on the comic. She goes, Goddamn ninjas! <laughs> <laughs> One of the ones that really struck home with me, because I've totally done this, but not with my glasses, but with my cell phone, is she's just got her character in the bathroom standing up to flush the toilet, and then pa-plunk, her glasses go fall in the toilet. And the next next panel is she's saying, Honey, I need new glasses! <laughs> it's like, it's done. <laughs> not worth it anymore. <laughs> Tainted yeah. forever. Oh, I did true. that. I did that. I had a sweatshirt on, which I like to wear, but with one of those big pouches in the middle. Uh, and, and nowadays, you'll never catch me dead wearing one of those things with something in that pouch. 
It'll tell you what that kangaroo pouch that it has is completely useless. Because shit just flips right out of the side. And that's what happened. You go down to flush the toilet, and then plunk, there goes the cell phone into the toilet. And it's bef- as you're going to flush, so it's not clean. You know, and there's that moment where you're looking. I've had that moment. I totally understood where she was coming from. Because you have that moment where it's this hesitation where it's like, I gotta get it out of there. The sooner I get it out of there, the better. Regardless of what it is, if it's electronic, it's gonna get messed up. If it's not, it's just gonna stink worse. I better get it now. And it's this sort of like psych yourself up moment of like, am I gonna reach in there and grab it? (laughs) So uh, there's just lots of just wonderful slice of life sort of stuff. Very, very honest and just relatable. You know? Yeah. It's not these, you know, crazy stories and wild imagined up characters that are hard to relate to or that you're not going to understand if you jump in in the middle and if you unless you've been reading the comic this really feels very relatable very digestible and just really entertaining oh yeah yeah she's yeah. certainly like a lot of people i know like i i i just know a lot of ladies like her with the same kind of thing ninjas yes ninjas did it <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. yeah, I think when JP was showing me this comic, he showed me like two strips. One was the one about Animal Crossing, and the other was about the healthcare system. And I was hooked from then on. I was oh like, yeah, yeah, that's totally done. great. What's What's <laughs> so in. cool is I think that a lot of the, like I was saying before, a lot of the web comics out there feel like perhaps they wouldn't be really relatable to someone unless they were into indie comics, into mm-hmm. web comics, mm-hmm. you know. This one feels like something that I could throw at pretty much anybody, and they would they would enjoy. You know, as long as they're willing to like, enjoy reading sequential art, visual storytelling. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, some people just don't like that, I guess. But you know, like I'm thinking, oh, there was a couple strips in here. I was thinking to myself, I have to show this to my mom. She would love that. <laughs> but I loved it too. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's yeah. it's rare moments where you're like, this was funny. Let me show my mom this. You know what I mean? Like there's things where it's like, oh yeah, my mom or my grandma or whatever would enjoy that. But this has such just kind of transcendent humor that it goes through and just really hits you right where you are. Absolutely universal. Yeah, it's totally. not alienating to anybody. Not at all. Not at all. Really cool stuff. So Lynn, blank last name. You're really cool. We love your stuff. So you all should check out Six Color Stories at sixcolorstories.thecomicseries.com. You can follow Lynn on Twitter at six, the number six, color stories, and uh, check her out. Uh, she's just great. Really, really good stuff. Really entertaining. Definitely check it out. Should be a part of your regular web comic reading list. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick musical break. When we get back, we're gonna get into our comic review of the week. This week's review is going to be In the Dark, Issue 2, by Crystal Gonzalez. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick with us. Geek Life. Earlier today, the admin stopped by and suggested a book for us. We went ahead and recorded that separately. She and the 8th Henry were not able to stay for the recording of the podcast with the rest of us tonight, but we definitely wanted to still get her excellent book recommendations. She has always something good to say about Audible's awesome book directory of over 100,000 books for your iPhone, Kindle, and MP3 devices. 
we have partnered with Audible to hook you guys up with a free audiobook download and a free one-month trial of their service. You can get your free audiobook download at audibletrial.com forward slash geeklife. Now let's go ahead and hear what Admin had to say. All right, guys, this is actually one of my personal favorites. It's a relatively new series. It's called Johannes Cabal, and the first book is Johannes Cabal, The Necromancer. It is by Jonathan L. Howard, and it is, geez, one of the best series that I've read in a really long time. If you like dry British humor, if you like any type of British humor, or if you want to like British humor, you will like this book. It is about a proper scientific necromancer named Johannes Cabal and some of his misadventures as he travels the world looking for various things or dealing with various people. I'm not going to reveal too much because you really have to just get in there and read the story. It's a real pleasure from the beginning to the end. If you're a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, you need to read these books. Oh, really? Because the subtle references are just, they're just so subtle. Like, as I was listening to it the second time through, I was actually also reading H.P. Lovecraft at the same time. Mm. And I just finished one story, and he literally had a one-sentence reference to a Lovecraftian story in there. And it just gave me shivers, like, oh, I know exactly what this is! It's amazing! <laughs> so, Jonathan L. Howard is a really talented writer, and he actually got to start out in, I think it was Weird Magazine. Uh, it's basically an H.P. Lovecraft fan magazine where you write stories within that universe. And he wrote a couple short stories about Johannes Cabal, and it really became this noteworthy character that a lot of people really enjoyed. So he started writing novels about uh, Cabal's misadventures. So there are currently three books out right now, Johannes Cabal and the Necromancer, Johannes Cabal the Detective, and then the third one, which is out in the UK right now, but will be out in America this autumn, is Johannes Cabal and the Fear Institute. The storyline is very interesting, really engaging, and it's just so much fun to go through and listen to multiple times. I got the 8th Henry Addiction. packed in there with lots of really good little little Easter eggs and details. Absolutely. And I think one of the best parts about this is that Johannes has a slight German accent, and the people who narrate both books are actually two different uh, narrators, but you can't even tell that they're two different people. Wow. They have the perfect slight German accent, and they speak it with such just scorn, anger, and sarcasm, you really get a feel for Johannes. <laughs> nice. nice. Absolutely brilliant. If you love just really good, engaging fiction, and you also enjoy H.P. Lovecraft, you got to check this guy out. Good. So the recommendation this week is Johannes Cabal, The Necromancer, by Jonathan L. Howard. Awesome. Thanks for the recommendation. Always good to hear your suggestions. You have a massive library of things you've listened to. I've got so many more. So many, so many. Well, we'll find out more from you next week. Absolutely. Awesome. And we're back. Thanks again to the admin for taking time out of her busy schedule to stop by and recommend a audible book for us. Let's move into our indie review of the week. This week we're talking about In the Dark, issue two from Crystal Gonzalez. Now, we met Crystal at the Ape Convention this past year in October 2012. It was really just Ape is awesome. We've talked about it several times on the on the podcast. If you're not familiar with Ape, Ape is basically the independent convention put on by Comic-Con International, famous for Comic-Con and WonderCon. 
Ape is essentially just one giant artist's alley, which is completely great. It's a really good place to meet independent artists, and as Joe likes to say, it is where indie comics go to sell out. <laughs> yeah, just about. Just about. One it's, day, I hope to be there. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a really, really excellent convention. You can meet a lot of cool people, and we did just that, and Crystal was one of them. So, Crystal's comic is really neat, and we actually have an interview with her from Ape, and we'll go ahead and play that for you now. Hey listeners, this is JP from Pandamanga.com, and I'm here at 8 2012 speaking with Crystal Gonzalez. So, tell me about your comics you got going on here today. Okay, um, so my main comic is called In the Dark, and it stars two characters, a man named Fibble, and a little demon servant uh, he's been cursed with for life named Sin. And a servant he's been cursed with. Yeah, he, yeah, he has to serve him, and he, he definitely doesn't like it. <laughs> That's too um, funny. It's kind of a curse for both of them, though, since they, they really kind of hate each other. Nice, but nice. But he has to take care of him. Um, and so the story that I have going on in issue one is called Gluttony. Gluttony, okay. And basically, Fibble has gone into a coffee shop, like a Starbucks, and there is a giant pig demon in hell who is absolutely addicted to coffee, and his name is Gluttony. And... He has a big belly full of worms, and all those worms love caffeine. So in the first issue, he gets swallowed alive by Gluttony. Gluttony literally like swallows the entire coffee shop. It takes everybody inside it. <laughs> so Gluttony's a little large. Yeah, he's very large. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> um, he's got like multiple coffee shops in his stomach. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and in their contract, in their curse, there's a little teeny fine print that says, if Fibble dies in hell, then sin is destroyed. And that, in essence, would cause, through a whole series of like coincidental actions, happens to create a utopian universe. Oh, my. So, so basically, sin has to save Fibble from being killed. Otherwise, hell is destroyed, sin is destroyed, utopian universe cursed. We can't let that happen. No, of course not. Right? <laughs> what would happen next, so, then? So definitely, yeah, a dark horror comedy. Awesome. How then, long have you been yeah. working on this? Um, this story, or really the whole story, yeah, for real, um, has been about 10 years okay. in the making. I started just roughing out little stories of them back in high school. It wasn't until like when I was in college, getting my degree in you know, illustration and cartooning, that I decided to really flesh them out and build this very large story. That right, is, so this has kind of been on a long time coming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also have a lot of studies in philosophy, and that's kind of where the whole idea of sin came around. Right. Um, because of the idea of like, when you, there's a lot of theories about like universals, the idea that, you know, like we all agree that the word love exists, the concept of love exists, mm -hmm. but nobody has a real definite definition of it because of right. so many different cultures. Mm -hmm. So in my studies, I kind of realized that every religion has these sins or these sort of taboos or transgressions that we're not even supposed to do, right? And so I thought that'd be a really interesting character to have. A character kind of, that's like the personification of those. A personification of a concept. Nice. Yeah. That's um, awesome. So that is sin. And so all the all the demons in hell, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, like issue one is gluttony, issue two is idolatry. These, these words are not supposed to meant just like Christian religion. It's like a word that you find in a lot of different religions right. to represent a concept. Right. So that's kind of like what goes on in the story at the same time. Awesome. So yeah, there's a lot of deep philosophical underlying meanings in there, but it's also really comical and goofy. There's like, you know, little evil birds that have GPS systems. And, <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> there's lots of little like 
you know, sort of jokey type of characters. Totally. Well, I, I really like the art style. Adventure. One of the first things I thought when I was looking through the comic was how great the creatures were. Like, the oh, creature design is just totally awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Where, where do yeah. you get your inspiration for this? Like, the, the, art, artistically. Artistically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much, I really love, like, H.R. Geiger's work. Okay, I have a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of heavy cartoon influence to the work, so I, yeah. I really love old 1920s cartoons, the old, like, styles of, like, Popeye, Felix the Cat. Those type of, I guess, like, sort of rubber hose animation right. kind of comes out. Mm -hmm. Mix that in with, like, Felix the Cat versus Dante's Inferno. Nice. You've got... <laughs> you've got <laughs> In the Dark. You've got In the Dark. That's awesome. <laughs> Cool. Well, if our listeners are interested in learning more about you, where can they find you online? It's in the dark comic .com. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually post online a lot of pages from the comic book, so you can keep up as they're going along. But is it primarily uh, you're primarily aiming for print? Um. Well, no. I mean, I have, I have a, a large internet fan base. Right. And, awesome. And that's because you know I let them read a lot of the pages Absolutely. as they come out. They, it's not a web comic that doesn't come out once a week or anything. Right. But whenever a page does get done, I post it, you know, and they've been following it. And that's awesome. kind of how the story, you know, gets more exposure. But at the cool. same time, definitely print is how you, I hope you see the book because right. the artwork itself it's all traditional. It's more as, it sounds like it's kind of as you intended it, that, that that's the yeah, it's intended it as Yeah, it's in. intended as a comic book. Right. And you, you get to just see little, maybe pages of it online. But hopefully by like, like looking at it online, you hope they get the book as well. Uh, speaking of medium, can you tell us a little bit about your artistic process? Sure. Well, first of all, it's a lot of thumbnails. I mean, but the thumbnails that I do are so tiny. They're like almost incomprehensible. You know, you can't even see them. Right. Nobody can know what this, what's really. in there but you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't intend that, but it's just kind of how they flesh That's out. That's how it goes. And then layout, pencil, the ink. I do all the inking with either a brush pen a normal just brush and ink um, right. combinations of you know a couple of fine liner pens right. and all on smooth bristle it's, it's, I have to say it's refreshing to hear somebody using a brush yeah. almost everybody's like I use multi-liners and that's it right you know? no I, I kind of went with the old old school like dipping it dipping it in a brush and you know little inkwell Right, it's really, it's just very cool. I mentioned when we first talked that I love black and white comics, oh. specifically black and white comics, and, you know, even into using screen tones and things like that. I, mm -hmm. I think it's really cool to challenge yourself to communicate everything you want to communicate with yeah. with just white and black. Yeah, that's, really that's true. Very cool. I mean, there's, you have, to, you have to figure out a whole bunch of different techniques now to Absolutely. kind of figure out how to make form and shadow. Values are very, you know, black and white, but at the same exactly. time, you can create all these other black, all these other sort of grays with just black. Right, and you were saying that black and white is a really good medium, a uh, really good style for this particular comic. Yeah, because definitely. It is I mean, I like to use a lot of the um, the blacks and the whites to kind of create, you know, that sort of dark, you know, yeah, um, almost Edward Gorey-like style. Right. It's a lot of cross-hatching, fine detail, that type of stuff. Excellent. Well, we really enjoy your stuff, and we will, of course, link to all of your relevant web links below this interview, so uh, make sure to check that out, you guys, and uh, thanks for talking with us today.
So some of you may be wondering why we're reviewing issue two instead of issue one. Well, the reason why we're reviewing issue two is I believe she was actually out of issue one by the time we got to talking to her, because we saw her the second day of Ape. Also, issue two is her most recent issue and the one that she's excited about and is definitely busy promoting. So this is what we'll talk about. Now, the story of issue two picks up right where issue one left off. Fibble had just escaped Gluttony after having been swallowed whole by him while he was getting coffee. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so good. So issue two starts right there, and he basically is being taken off by the Demon Delivery Service, I think is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Devil approved. Devil approved right. delivery demon. And it's just this big winged monster who's taking him away from Gluttony and to... To deceit. To deceit, yes. So the idea is that she is, like she said in the interview, she is interested in investigating into the personification of each of the different sins, not necessarily from the Judeo-Christian perspective, but from the sort of general perspective that is that exists in, in all different cultures, that we have sort of these expectations, you know, that there's there's these different sort of sins. It's a really interesting investigation into that. And so he is moving on from dealing with gluttony to dealing with, well, in this one, it's about idolatry, but you think that he's going to get off and deal with deceit. So as he's flying off, he ends up escaping the delivery demon (laughs) and, you know, basically gets chased around by a bunch of demons and ends up finding a a giant pile of pillows. (laughs) (laughs) Which we later find out are... Awful. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, we later find out that they are hentai pillows. For those of you that aren't familiar with what hentai is, Pinku, go ahead and take it away. Porn. (laughs) Yeah, basically porn. So Anime porn. mm -hmm. That's what the internet's for. This comic has so much just ribbing at the anime and manga culture. (laughs) Like so much. So freaking much. It's it's really, really pretty hilarious. The story basically follows Fibble getting uh, over and dealing with idolatry. Idolatry in this this time is no longer taken the form of the traditional gilded bull, but is now the... Oh, God. Has now taken the form of the happy kawaii cat. Oh. <laughs> it hurts because I... I, I know that life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just the, this is this is that when you find out that that idolatry is the is the happy kawaii cat. It uh, it's the beginning of a, a basically about maybe quarter of the way through the book. The rest of the book, you know, spends a substantial amount of time making a great deal of fun of of uh, Japanese sort of fanboy culture <laughs> and weeaboo culture. Yeah. <laughs> There's a great scene later on where Fibble runs into another soul down there. And she just got there, and she thinks she's in Kawaii Cat Heaven because she's in Idolatry's Palace, basically. Mm -hmm. And she's running around, and there's all these wonderful little plushy toys and stuff. She's so excited, and Fibble's like, no, 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 this is hell. This is bad. No, no, no. And she's like, like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she leans in, takes a close look at one of the plushies, and says, hey, wait a minute. Gasp! And then on on the tag it says, made in China. And then in parentheses, not Japan, you fucking weeaboo. <laughs> and then she's like, oh god, it's a fake, it's a bootleg, I really am in hell! Ah! And starts running around and then gets gobbled up by some demons. Which seems to happen a lot in hell. <laughs> Why not? Why not, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another one of the characters that really stood out to me was Schizo, the 1920s killer bear. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. This is really, really cool. A lot of her art style comes from sort of those old-fashioned cartoons from the 20s and things like that. She talked about uh, Felix the Cat being an influence. 
there's sort of this awful dichotomy with this character schizo, the 1920s killer bear, where he's just this this big, smiling, sort of kitty cartoon guy who apparently can only talk in static, which I guess makes sense. <laughs> uh, and he goes from that to being this, like, exactly. And he goes from being that to this just terrible, awful monster thing that with all these, like, way too many teeth. There's a theme of way too many teeth in this. Oh, so there's many a, teeth. There's a lot of sharp things, and lo- the teeth are among them. Lots of sharp things. Oh, no. So, in hell, everything has more teeth. Why not? And pillows, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, what did you guys think of this one? Well, you know, it's really interesting because... On one hand, visually, it's really busy because of the because of the art style. You know, there's a little bit of the 20s comics influence, but there's also, you know, you can see the Geiger influence in, in the fact that it's really a, a lot of these intricate drawings and a little bit of Jay Hone and Vasquez, I think. Mm-hmm. Vasquez, 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 Vasquez. Yeah, a lot of Jay Hone and 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 you and it reads, you know, really well when you, when you put it all together. It it looks mm-hmm. pretty cool, but it's really thing, entertaining. It's so busy and and there's so much text that I went between fighting through it. Just like, no, read it, read it. And then just laughing when I actually read through it. was just laughing out loud going, oh, Yeah, there's yeah. kind of like a little, bit of a, a little bit of a steep cliff to get into the comic. But once you get a little ways in and you just give in, you're like, okay, I'm just going to read it. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's lots of text. Yeah, it's really busy. It's really entertaining. Yeah. Like, I was genuinely excited and surprised at how entertaining it was. Because when I first picked up the book, it looked really interesting. Her ideas sounded really cool. But mm-hmm. just, just thumbing through it real fast, it was like... Wow, that's really busy. And yeah. to me, I know some people that doesn't bother so much. There's even mm-hmm. some really famous comics. The one that comes to mind always is One Piece. is so right. busy, but very successful. And so, you know, I wasn't immediately ready to write, write it off artistically because I know that that's kind of a pet yeah. peeve of mine. But looking through it was like, oh, it's so busy. I don't know if I, how much I'll be able to really appreciate this. And after a little ways, you just kind of jump into the rhythm of it, and it's just really good. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. Yeah, well, you know, nice. with the art being so busy and there being so much text... I'm kind of feeling if there was like four or six more pages in this and it spread out a little bit more Maybe, evenly, yeah. mm-hmm. like this would have been clean as hell. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I can yeah, see how that would work. Especially the page where Sin, Fibble's demon servant, was explaining the origin of idolatry. That was a wall of text. Right. Yeah, that you was know. like a three-page There, there was a couple that were time. like that. Yeah, exactly. And, it, like, and all the text is, is hand done. Right? Oh, yeah. There's... um. There's no doubt in my mind that it was just written on there. But the thing is, I never had an issue with the actual text itself. It was all legible and great. And yeah, and it actually kind of fit really well with the art style. Yeah, Which, exactly. as you've advocated before, oh, there's yeah. no better way for a story to be communicated in a comic than by font written by the artist. Yeah, I, I believe in that a lot. I know it's not always possible, but definitely when when you're indie, I think it's the way to, it's what's hot in the streets. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, the gangster right yikes. there. Yeah, it's Yo. the way to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I did laugh a lot. La- yeah, exactly. You know, the, I, I really would like to read the first issue, and I, I know that there's a lot of it is online at her website, which we'll plug in a minute, and it is ongoing, but it's not a web comic. As she said in the interview, it's, it's actually, you know, this is the intended form of reading. She oh, wants obvious. it to be a print you know, medium. She does put out a lot of pages on the website, but it's not. I don't. I don't think that everything is up there. I think it's more of like a teaser, teaser. sort of thing. You know, and she's been able to build a, a substantial Seems following right. doing that. But yeah, yeah. And, you know, also based on the cover art, I would be really interested to see this in color. Yeah, you know, I I a couple times thought that maybe using color or screen tones or something might make it feel less busy, even if there was no reduction in the actual line art. Oh, yeah. You know, including the pen touches, just to sort of delineate things. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because there's yeah. so much going on. I, th- I think I agree with that. On one hand, she does have, like, there are some strong blacks, but there's just so much stuff that even the strong blacks can't overpower it in some places. Well, she gets away with using a lot of strong blacks in what would be the sky normally. Right. Because right. there's this strong light of fire everywhere. Or you're mm-hmm. in a stomach. <laughs> or, or, or you're in a stomach. Yes, there is that, yes. It seems like everything's yelling at you, too. Yeah, everything is really aggressive and, you know, bug-eyed yeah. and well, yeah, grr. Well, to be fair, in yeah, hell. In it's hell. in hell, right. He's yeah. kind of stressed out. Sure, he is, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It, yeah that comes across pretty clearly. You know, something that I just realized looking at the cover, the especially Sin, mm-hmm. this particular character, reminds me a great deal of the demons in the original Earthworm Jim game. <laughs> Do you remember when you go into hell, the hell level where you're like swinging around a bunch and they've got the little black flying around guys and there's these little dudes that look just like uh, this. Huh. And it, it seems like it could be reminiscent of that style. It's cartoony. and Could be. Yeah, It's really an interesting style because it, it seems somewhat familiar, but when you really get into it, it's actually pretty unique. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's very, very cool. Well, anybody have anything else they wanted to say about it? Uh, I liked it. I was able to get past the really busy art style and the really heavy text and you know, just kind of sink into the story. That said, subject matter, not always my favorite. I've read Dante, so I am definitely wanting to see how much further into hell Fibble goes. So I'm going to give it a three, three issues, because I definitely want to see at least up to Wrath. And I think... I think with her art style and the absolute craziness that it's had so far, that Wrath will just be a flaming book at this point. <laughs> nice. Nice. So three for Joe. Three for Joe. All right. Pink? I think I want to give it a three, too, because it was it really was just hard for me to keep paying attention to it. Like, I had to keep mentally hitting myself in the face to keep finishing the book, even though I was enjoying it, just because it was visually really difficult for me to get through. But, yeah, I'll, I, I would stick around for about three more issues and... See what's going on with this. Yeah, I completely agree. I think three is a really good rating. It's really entertaining. There's definitely strong points and weak points, but at the end of the day, I actually really enjoyed it. I really, really did. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not always the case when we're reading independent comics because they're independent. There's like really no filter. Somebody can. Right. There's you know, no... Somebody can like furious mad scientist in their room all these comics and then send them off to Comics Press and have these really nice trade paperbacks and it's like. What? <laughs> you know? Uh, and so it's a touch of toss-up. And I almost kind of, towards the end, was starting to really like the art style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was wanting a little bit more consistency with the characters. Right. Everything is so rubbery and flexible. But then that's very much a big part of that kind of 20s cartoon style. Everything yeah. is made of this sort of malleable rubber sort of material. Right. It's like really expressive. Right. Exactly. So, I mean... And when Schizo the Bear, like deforms into a puddle to get through a little crack in the wall. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I really think that it all works really well. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I'll, I'm excited to see you know, future parts of it, and as it moves forward, it continually to get more and more polished. I think the writing is really strong. I think mm-hmm. the kind of quips back and forth, the story is really clear. Uh, you know, it's it's a very good book. I liked it quite a bit. So yeah, I think so. Three Three issues yeah. all around. She she was uh, lampooning weeboos, and I saw my weeboo language, or you know, I saw parts of my weeboo language in there. Oh man, that yeah, that <laughs> that really spoke right to me. So much stuff, <laughs> especially when the the awful chick was running around being like, "Okay, fibble sand," you know. Oh, and so like, have you had people do that? Wow. It's oh, the worst it thing comes. ever. It's the worst. It really, it really, oh. truly is. Like we mentioned, I, I'm sure we, I'm sure somebody ranted about it at the con podcast. 
Oh, I'm sure. Oh, or, or what was it? The 21st podcast? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, right. Survival survival guide. Guide. Where, where they just sit there and, you know, they screech at you in Japanese, but you know they don't speak it because you speak it and holy crap, stop. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is when people snootily correct your pronunciation. And <laughs> and it's, it's a you know, I, I'm like really bad about pronouncing Japanese words when I'm speaking English because I don't want to take the effort to pronounce it correctly. Oh, yeah. And I actually kind of like my American accent. Like, I mean, I could like push the accent further than I used to, but now I'm kind of like, nah, you know, let's just. Yeah. Yeah. I had this one kid walk up to me one time and just chew me out for calling, calling what should be rightfully called manga, manga. And, you know, it's pandamanga.com, panda manga should be, but it's like it's so much effort to, like, switch the way you pronounce your vowels. See, I have a philosophy. When you're, when you're speaking English, you might as well just say it with an American accent. Exactly. Because it's like, it's like when you hear a foreign loan word in Japanese, you don't hear somebody go, pong and think it's like the Portuguese pronunciation. That's a freaking Japanese pronunciation or, like, computer, oh, you know? Yeah, well, Come if you, on, if you, you know? spend time with Japanese people that don't speak much English and you're trying to kind of meet them halfway... If you're saying, like, do you want a hamburger? They're going to look at you and go, what? If you go, do you want a hamburger? They go, oh! <laughs> like, if you don't pronounce it with that sort of accent, it's like, right over their head. Right. I spent I spent a couple, I spent like a week hanging out with these two Japanese guys. And that was the way it was. Because I spoke, like, baby Japanese. They spoke baby English. And so we were able to get by and enjoy each other's company for a whole week. And we had a really good time. But there were several times where I was referring to something in English that they, that I, and I was sort of hoping that they would recognize because right. it's sort of normal, like hamburger. Yeah. You know? But I said it in English. Hamburger. And they looked at me with this blank stare like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, hamburger? And they were all, oh, oh, is she? <laughs> so excited. Like, let's go. So funny. <laughs> anyway, so yes, uh, clearly, Crystal Crystal totally understands the weeaboo culture. That's from a place of, of truth there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, so good, so good. Crystal, thanks so much for hooking us up with a copy of your book. We really enjoyed it, and we're really excited to be able to share it with listeners on the site and beyond. So thank you very much. I think that's it for this time. Yeah? I believe so. All right. Thank you for listening to Geek Life, episode 38. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamega.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is Neural, and we'll see you next time. Bye! 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 Bye!
<laughs> Mr. Rogers, eh? Hey, neighbor. Stop on by to tell us a little bit about that. That sounds a little bit like uh, Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden. It's hey, all... man. You like popsicles? That man just came by. <laughs> okay. Mm. So that's creeping me out. <laughs> all right. 